nugget this morning. Character may be seen in the great moments. Character may be seen in the great moments. One more time. Character may be seen in the great moments, but it is made in the small ones. That's something to think about. Character may be seen in the great moments, but it may, but it is made in the small ones. Okay, quiz time. And everybody remember, oh, we're going to have to run, run back a little bit. Uh, which disciple uh, brought the boy or found the boy in the feeding of the 5,000? Anybody know that now? I mean, this is the third week on this one. Andrew, thank you. All right. Now, last week's, I gave it to you at the very end after she had finished. What was Moses' mother's name? Who was that? What was that? Jochebed. All right. You know, you know her husband's name? It was right there. Amaron, okay. 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 Now, the second part was what was Moses' adopted mother's name? She was Pharaoh's daughter. You're not going to find Well, you'll find it. We gave you Oprah. Uh, Beth Ayah and Thermosis. Um, you won't find Thermosis in, in the Bible. The, you'll, if you go to uh, Josephus, 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 I can't even get his name out. He is a Jewish uh, historian who wrote at the time uh, of the early church. And her name, Pharaoh's daughter's name was Thermosis. But what was her name? that God gave her. First Chronicles chapter 4, go to verse 18. Pardon me? Yes. And you know what that means? I had to look this one up. This was quite interesting. Uh, the Lord said, You have called Moses your son, although she was not your son. Therefore I will call you my daughter, which is Bethes. It means daughter. Uh, any person who rears an orphan is regarded as a parent. Okay. Now, we're going to have a little bit on history going back. To not The Bible doesn't say it, but some historians tell it. Um, you remember when Egypt, or not Egypt, yeah, uh, Moses slew the guard, Egyptian guard there in, in the sands and the Pharaoh found out and Moses ran to well to get to remove himself from that area you know, not, not get under the wrath of Pharaoh uh, well uh, his stepmother left with him because it was you know she was a uh, rebellious towards her, her dad, the king, 
the pharaoh. And uh, it's quite interesting about this part. Uh, she, she, she married Mercer, Mersred, and uh, Mersred is a nickname meaning re rebel. Guess who is a rebel? Remember, Moses left. She's go, she left with Moses into the desert, according to uh, Josephus. Um, she married later on, um, I think I got it here. In Exodus 2, 15, that's where Moses kills the taskmaster. I know we're jumping all around here. This is, this is different. Okay, here we go. She married Merced, which means rebel. And who was a rebel? Uh, the way that Josephus says. Um, and, the ten and the 12 spies that went out to, to spy out the land, how many came back with an evil report? 10, but two came back with good reports. They were who? Caleb and... Boy, you should have remembered some of this stuff. Joshua. Well, they called Caleb a rebel because he re rebelled against the ten. So that's where you get um, that. that. That's according to Jewish encyclopedia. Okay, next week we have a new one. All right, are you ready? Who was Moses' wife? Who was Moses' wife? You'll find it in Numbers 12, verses 1 and 4, and, and in Exodus chapter 2, verse 21, and Exodus chapter 18, 1 through 4. You'll be interested in that one. Okay, again, Numbers 12, 1 and 4, and then in Exodus chapter 2, Verse 21 and Exodus chapter 18, verses 1 and 4. We'll get you all excited here about you, You'll know something that nobody else knows. Well, okay, some of you don't care about it. All right, let's, let's go on uh, this morning. Okay. Father, we thank you, Lord, as we look to your word this time, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, our eyes of our understanding are open, Father God, to greater possibilities, Father God, that we have in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that we step forward, Father God, we'll just not be hearers of your word, but doers of it. In Jesus' name. Hope, hope is a word of optimism and expectation that looks forward to a promising future, yet there are multitudes of people that have lost their hope. Some feel hopeless about uh, specific areas in their lives, uh, their children, their health, finances, or jobs, whatever. Yet for many, they are hopeless. This hopelessness, hopelessness permeates their entire lives. Uh, they exist but have no hope, dreams, or goals. Um, 
sadly, a lot of Christians fall into that hopelessness because uh, they may be in tune to God's word, but they hear what what the outside world tells them who they are, what, what they have, or so forth. And so they become hopeless. They don't rely upon God's word. And thankfully, you're hearing God's word, and you are not hopeless, but you have hope in God's way. Um, we are living in changing times, amen? Um, we live in the information age. Uh, it's brought about with the computer and uh, the internet uh, innovations. Um, it's changed our lives. I mean, uh, last 20 years, I mean, 24 go 30 years back and, you know, what, what was a cell phone and all that type of stuff? You wouldn't even understand it. But today, I mean, kids pick up the computer. They, I'm, unfortunately, I have not been brought up to the uh, standard of the <laughs> kids. I mean, kids could r- run that computer and I couldn't follow, follow them. You know, they could tell. Um, so I'm still in the Stone Age on computers and so forth. But... Um, uh, They've changed our lives. Uh, uh, things must be done instantly, if not sooner. Everyone seems to be in a hurry. There's no time to think, no time to meditate, no time to read the Bible. We have things to do and uh, places to go, and certainly there's no time to waste. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to see a few things here that... Uh, Unfortunately, some, uh, the world is caught up in, but, but also some Christians are caught up in. Ephesians chapter 4. Looking at verse 14, Ephesians 4, 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every winds of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Well... You know, we, we live in the last days, and there is a lot of deception, and, and so many Christians are being swayed. We're like willows, like, a, like, uh, like Jesus, uh, when he spoke about uh, Simon Peter, he was a willow at time. He just gets blown one way or the other. And so many Christians today, because we're not, we hear the word, but we're not doers of the word. We, we are still swaying around. The word says one thing, but we hear something else that says, oh, well, this is what they told me. I have or what I'm doing, and we, live, we, we follow through on what the world tells us and not what the Word of God tells us. We haven't really established ourselves, okay? Um, what, we need to, what we need is a real sense of stability. Christians need a real sense of stability, a spiritual mooring, um, something solid, and something firm to hold on to. So if you're still in Ephesians chapter 4, let's go up to verse 4. There's one body, one spirit, and even as one called, one hope of your calling. Hope. The Lord has given us one hope. This is the greatest, one of the greatest possessions that a Christian has, hope. When the Bible uses the word hope, it's not being wish in a wishful thinking or thought, but 
Hope in the Bible, Scripture refers to a confident expectation. So, as a Christian, when you hope, you have a confident expectation of it coming to pass. Amen. Glory to God. A Christian hope is the hope in which the gospel gives. So let's, uh, since we're in, in that area, let's turn to the, uh, the book of Colossians chapter 1. Boy, I blew it again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to jump to another one. Twenty-seven. Colossians one twenty-seven. To whom God would make known that uh, what is the riches of His glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our hope is in Lord Jesus Christ. He is in us. And we need to have that hope. We need to have that confident expectation that whatever Jesus says, we can do. Amen. There are other hopes that men have. What kind of hope do men have? Let's go to, uh, just look at one. Right in front of the book of Psalms, you'll find the book of Job. So go to Job chapter 31. And in Job 31, and looking at verse 24, look at, look at, look at this. This is what people have hope in. If I have made gold my hope, that's Job 31, 24. If I have made gold my hope, or have said to fine gold, thou art my confidence, it's wrong. People have put their hope in the wrong things. Um, some some uh, put their hope in their, their position or their power. It can't be that way. Your hope needs to be in who? Christ Jesus. Amen. And then there's, according to Psalms, uh, pardon me, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I know we're going to bounce around this morning a little bit again. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we want to go to verse 13. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, but Ye, have not, ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. There are people out there that have no hope. It says, who is he talking to? But I would have you to be not, pardon me, I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. He's talking to the brethren. Don't be ignorant. You have hope. We need hope. Confident expectation in Christ Jesus. And what he says we are and not what the world tells us who we are or what we possess. Too many of us say, you know, well, uh, 
Maybe, uh, how many recall in your childhood in grammar school <laughs> that some teachers, or I'll say even, even, even in, in high school, the teacher would say, you dummy, you. Nobody's ever had that said to them. The class, I mean, the whole class, you dumb, dummies, you know. And a lot of times that, for a child that's not stable, that sticks with them. Or even some of the kids, how many have ever been mocked at church, at, not church, but in school? You know, the kids say, oh, you're a dummy. They find out, you know, the, the, your test papers come back and everybody's got this, and you get a lower than D or a D minus or something else, and the kids got, you know, somebody sees it and, Look what David got. He's got a F. He's got a D minus. He's dumb. You know, that, that, that's traumatic to a child when other kids begin to pick on him that way. And soon that individual becomes, well, he's, he's being molded into the world's thinking, not by what God says. That's what's so wonderful about the Jewish families, especially uh, on the Sabbath day or just before the Sabbath day or at the meal there, they tell their children who they are. You are blessed. You are Abraham's blessings. The blessings of God are upon you. What you put your hand to shall prosper. You have, they don't say you have the mind of Christ, but God is with you. What you put your hand to will prosper. And these kids, when they go to school, I don't care what the other kids are saying about them. They already have it entrenched in their mind. I'm a child of God. I'm a seed of Abraham. Hello? Isn't that much better than hearing it the other way around? But I mean, you know, children need that affirmation to go. And a lot of children don't have that. And oftentimes we get into adulthood and we are carrying that bad influence. Whatever they tell you, you know, you're not doing the job right. Uh, you have this, you have a mental problem, and so forth like that. And what? They sway to believe what the world tells them, not what God's telling them. This is, this is really applicable to Christians. He says, the brethren, you got to remember what God has told you or told us and how we need to act when you hear adverse things coming against you. This is your only hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not what the world tells you. You're hopeless. You'll never change. Hello. Rest my case there. I better go on. Okay, uh, let's go to, since we're still in the New Testament, let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, glory to God. Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verse 12. Ephesians 2, 12. That at 
that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope or without God in the world. We didn't have a hope. But as a born-again believer, you have hope. But you, your hope can only go rise up into the amount of knowledge you have of who you are in Christ Jesus and what he has given to each and every one of us. You can be exactly what God called you to be or we can be exactly what other people tell us we are or how we are to act. Hello. Okay. Um, one more time. One more. Let's go to Proverbs chapter. 11. This is no hope. Wow. A lot of people don't have hope. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians fall in the hole by not finding what, what is given to us. Oh, we, we're Christians and we're happy about it, but you know, something comes along and it's bending us the wrong way. Find out what God tells you, says about you. Okay. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, looking at verse 7. When the wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perish. So, unjust perish. Never have no hope. Well, that says the unjust man, but what about a, a Christian that's not knowing where, where, they are, where their hope is? You follow into the same stream. You, oh, this is what everybody says. This is what we got to do. And we perish in it. We follow, follow what God, not what God says, but what man says. Hello. Okay, now let's go back. Let's go forward, I should say, back into the New Testament. This time we want to find the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 6. We're talking about hope this morning. And here is the scripture you need to hang on to. Hebrews 6.19 Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that, into the veil. So we have this anchor. Hope is our anchor. Confident expectation of what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, um, you got to have hope. God's kind of hope. And... Most of you wouldn't know this song if I sang it. But it was um, a song that um, Frank Sinatra sang a few years ago. You've got to have hope. High hopes. High apple pie hopes. Oops, there goes another apple tree plant because the ant took it down. Something small. He had high hopes. We need to have high hopes in, in what we need to do. Follow through on. Amen. Uh, there's nobody that I know of that doesn't need hope. 
having a confident expectation, whether they're young, old, strong or weak, rich or poor, we all need hope, the God kind of hope. Hope, the God kind of hope, gives us a future. It's not a bleak future, but a good future. Glory to God. So we, we need something to look forward to. It's hope. Glory. Hope lifts your spirits up. Well, I hope it does. <laughs> hope will carry you through the impossible situations. I don't need to have this any longer. i looking for a greater expectation. I have a confident expectation things will change. That's my hope. Oh, well, they say I can't do this or I can't do that. Forget that. You're listening to the world. Listen to what God's Word says. You have high expectations. Christ Jesus in you. The hope of glory. You're more than a conqueror. Don't believe what the world tells you. Amen? An anchor is, a sol is solid. You know, those that were in the Navy on ships, they have these big anchors and they just drop them down. It's supposed to hold the ship in, in, into place. I mean, it, the anchor, anchor goes down, the ship kind of moves around a little bit, but it's not going to drift all over the place. It usually stays in, the, in that general location. So our hope, likewise, should be solid and steadfast. It's an anchor. Our hope has an anchor in Christ Jesus. This kind of hope is what keeps you steady, keeps you in line. You know, you might drift a little bit, but you're going to, that anchor just keeps you in, in, in a position where you're not going to stray. I mean, the winds will come, the, the waves will blow, but you're, you're still on course. In other words, you're not going to move way out there and get lost. Um, I, I told you about this one time when we uh, took the kids on a vacation. We borrowed a speedboat. It was good time, and so we decided, you know, it was hot out there. This is in Fresno. And so we all jumped, all of us, you know, the kids jumped overboard, the wife jumped overboard, and had Matt in his uh, life jacket, and I had a life jacket because I'm not great of a swimmer. And so we all jumped overboard. And we were just, you know, having a good time. I looked up, the boat wasn't there. <laughs> it was, I, we didn't draw, I didn't know you didn't have to, I thought the boat would stay there, but the boat started drifting, and we didn't know about it, and so I told, told the wife, hang on to man. So I went charging after it, because I, I know the kids, they couldn't get in the boat, so... I got back there and got it started and brought it around. But, you know, if you, if you don't have an anchor, you're going to drift. Then you can get lost. You can get hurt. You can drown in the situation that, that the devil's got you in. So keep your anchor. Be solid in God's word. Glory to God. Um, this kind of hope deals with reality, the, 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 the disappointments and tragedies that come your way. No matter how devastating the circumstance, your hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will persevere. You will be conquerors. Glory to God. In order for Christians to move beyond spiritual immaturity, we need to be anchored. 
have hope, self-confidence in God's word. Well, this is that. They told me this. God's word tells you something else. We need to follow what God's word. Because God's word is proven, it's unchangeable, it's perfect, it's absolute in nature, and it's God's word. That's your anchor. We shouldn't be able to, we shouldn't, you know, you can jump out of the boat and have a good time and the, the boat's still there. Because you're anchored, you've, you've anchored in that boat. Whatever the situation is around you, you're anchored. You're not going to be moved by it. Glory to God. Okay, let's look at the, let's look at a couple of scriptures that are speaking of hope. Let's go to Psalms chapter 31. Psalms 31. Psalms 31. Look at verse 24, the last one. Psalms 31, 24. Be of good courage. That's good news. And he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Amen. Hope in the Lord. Um, I should have gave you this one. Psalms 25. Psalms 25. Looking at verse 5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day, or I have hope on thee. Glory to God. Um, from the uh, Jewish Bible. Guide me in your truth, teach me, teach me, for you are the God who saves me. My hope is in you all day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 33. In Psalms 33, we find Psalms 33, looking at verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Glory to God. Um, drop down to the last verse, verse 22. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee, having, uh, having confidence and expectation in thee. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 62. Psalm 62, looking at verse 5. I'm going to read from the Amplified. My soul wait upon God and silently submit to him for my hope and expectations are of him. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go to Psalms 146. Psalms 146. We're looking at a hope. Verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose 
Hope is in the Lord his God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is, this is all promising. Let's go now, since we're almost in Proverbs, go to Proverbs chapter 23. That's Proverbs chapter 23. Glory to God. In Psalms chapter 23. We need our hope. Self-confidence in this. Psalms 23, looking at verse... From uh, verse 18 from the Amplified. That's Proverbs. Did, did I say Psalms? This is supposed to be Proverbs. I'm sorry. Proverbs, okay. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 18 from the Amplified. For surely there is in the latter end a future and a reward, and your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. Your hope is going to give you exactly what you're believing for. Your expectation and a reward. You've got to be settled in God's word. Amen. Okay. What can we do? What can we do? Right after the book of Jeremiah. Anybody know what comes after that? Lamentations. Book of Lamentations. Lamentations, chapter 3. Glory to God. Lamentations, chapter 3, beginning with verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of you, Lord, mercies that we are not Consumed because of his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Verse 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Oh, glory to God. I recall to my mind. Recall the hope that you have. When you're in a situation, recall the hope you have. The self-confidence that God has given you. Hope of glory in him. Glory to God. Jesus, glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Oh, let's go to the book of Hebrews in New Testament. We are traveling. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to tie hope with Hebrews 11, chapter, verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, glory to God, and the evidence of things not seen. As we've seen, hope is, is a necessary partner to faith now. Because your, your hope goes out there and sees what's needed your faith goes out there and grabs hold of it and brings it in into you or brings it for, to you. Um, so hope and faith are necessary partners 
Amen. Faith, faith is the substance of, for, of everything needed to accomplish the goal of hope. So your, 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 your faith is there and your, oh, pardon me, your hope is out there, your, your faith goes out there and brings it in. It's the goal. Brings it in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hope, cause you, hope cause you, causes you to speak the promises of God. Hope causes you to speak the promises of God. There's a firm expectation, confident expectation. Amen. On the, on the opposite end, fear causes you to speak worse things. So you want to always speak faith, good things. Okay. Now, let's return to the Old Testament for a moment. Let's go return to the book of Jeremiah. Not, yeah, return to the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 31. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we'll round this out. Jeremiah chapter 31. Look at verse 17. Jeremiah 31, 17 says, And there is hope in thine end. Glory to God. There's that expectation, that reward. Saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. In other words, we have it. Your hope has a reward. Take hold of it. Bring it in with your faith. Amen. Glory to God. Man, is it warm in here, isn't it? I should have kicked that thing in over there. I'm sorry. Okay. Glory to God. So if you're looking for a title, Anchored in Hope. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody need prayer this morning? Okay. I'm just going to ask a question. Everybody know the Lord Jesus Christ is a personal Savior. If you don't know the Lord as Savior, we'd like to introduce you to him, become Christian, become, have, take that expectation and hope a reality in your life. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I would expect then that everyone's a Christian. Glory to God. Well, let's, okay, let me one more time on this quiz next week. Quiz. Next week, quiz. Who was Moses' wife? You'll find, find the answer in Numbers 12, verses 1 through 4, and Exodus chapter 2, verses 21, and Exodus 18, 1 through 4. Who was Moses' wife? Okay, glory to God.
Let's all stand, glory. We have a visitor here. Your name, sir? Uh, Danny. Danny, that's a good name. All right, thank you for coming. I'm sorry we're getting, off, getting out a little bit early today, but that's all right. Everybody meet Danny in the foyer and say hello, greeting. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that your word is working, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we have a better understanding of hope and the anchor, Father God, that's given us in Christ Jesus, Father God, to have a firm expectation, Father God, of greater possibilities, Father God, in our lives because we are allowing hope and faith to operate in our lives. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we go our separate ways. We thank you, Lord, that we can be a blessing to those that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen.